Welcome to the Belfry Hockey Podcast with your host, the pioneer of NHL player development, Daryl Belfry. These are the skills that separate. And welcome to the Belfry Hockey Podcast. So this is an NHL player development podcast where I'm going to feature the results of a quick three to five game study of a 21 to 25 year old NHL player who hasn't popped yet and detail what I think is his critical path to to popping. I want to explore the elements to these players that are making it difficult for them to break through and I think that there's a lot that we can learn about their development and what I term their success equation towards their personal game structure, which is key for any player to understand. Many of the elements we will explore in, this, in these players is likely things that you can see in your own game if you're a player or in the players that you're coaching if you're a player development coach or a coach. I think studying these players from this perspective is incredibly fun. None of these players are clients of mine, so it's a great research project that can hopefully give you insight on development ideas, or you may see the interdependent nature of development, which may take you down a completely different train of thought, and you'll begin to ask different questions. Okay, here we are for episode two. So episode two, we're going to focus on Dylan Dubé, the Calgary Flames. So you could argue that this player is a player who's already popped. Um, I don't. I think you can. Or you can argue that successfully. Uh, but I think the elements inside of his success equation make him very interesting uh, for us to discuss because I think that some of the things that represent opportunity for him are things that are common for a lot of players and are are aspects of their game that they could if if they made any improvement at all it would dramatically improve their their output and i i think that his success equation i think gives us some really good talking points to talk about um a multitude of different players that could 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 relate to to his path so that's why I chose him now you know he had in his last three seasons so 1920 2021 20, 20, and 2122 in 1920 19, he had six goals which was 0.13 goals per game with 1.33 shots per game so that was that was kind of year one then he went to second year, he was uh, in 51 games, he had 11 goals, so that's 22, uh, a 0.22 goals per game, 1.64 shots, so definitely a significant improvement, so that's great. Then he goes from then he goes into last year, and he has 18 goals in 79 games, a great year. Um, but it's 0.23 goals per game with 1.81 shots. So you can see the goals per game rate is very similar between the in the last two years. So there's definitely now that that tells me that there's still opportunity for him to to grow. So that's why I'm excited about going through uh, with this player. So if you look at his goal profile, 
Um, so he scored 18 goals. He had two on the power play, one shorthanded. So that's 15 even strength goals. Of the 15 even strength goals, he had nine off the rush and six in the offensive zone. Now, when we look at the offensive zone, he had two off the tip. He had two loose pucks, kind of loose puck recovery type plays around the net. He had one off a forced turnover, which was high in the zone that allowed him to then reattack going downhill. And, and then he had one off the pass. It was a spot to space and he got a puck. He was able to, he was able to shoot it off the pass. So that was his, that was his profile. So what's interesting to me about this is the rush stuff. And I'll I'll tell you why. So off the rush, he he he's a very good shooter. He shoots it very well. He can shoot off the pass. Uh, he can you know he he can shoot it um, in stride. Uh, he can change the angle and shoot. Like he has a lot of tools uh, in order in his shot uh, that are that make him dangerous off the rush. So I really really like that about him. Um, so what's the reason why I'm giving you that whole preamble about the way he scored last year is because it leads me into where I think his next area of opportunity is. So when I look at his priority development areas, and, and these are the pieces that would make up his success equation. The first one would be his skating asset deployment. So th- what I mean by that is, is how does he use his skating? The guy, he is a very good skater. Um, uh, but his patterning can sometimes be a little bit, uh, I, I would question sometimes some of his patterning. And not the routes he's taking, that's not what I mean. I'm more mean about his uh, the way in which he uses strides and crossovers. So his stride is actually the best part of his skating. He has a very powerful stride, um, but now needs to have more of a of a linear crossover put in there because once he gets to full speed, he's very powerful. He can sustain that speed, which a lot of players, when they get, if they're over striders, meaning they'll stride, you know, six, eight, ten times in a row in a stride without using a crossover. Uh, those players tend, um, they tend to get to a certain speed, like they get to their, their top speed, and then it takes everything they have to hold that speed, or they start actually decelerating when they get to that speed. The Where Dylan is different is that his stride is very powerful, and he can sustain the speed once he gets to full speed, but he doesn't necessarily change speeds. And that's an area, a huge, to me, huge area of opportunity. The next one um, that really jumps out is there's a whole discussion, and this is where I think he's very interesting and why I want to include him in this series, is the whole idea of degraded possessions versus improved possessions. So when he gets the puck, what is... What happens next? Does the quality of the puck possession for his team improve? So in improving the puck, there's a multitude of ways in which you can do it. So you're either going to improve the space available to the next player. You're going to if you're going to improve the time that's available to the next player that gets it. You're going to improve the opportunity to attack the net is another area of opportunity that you're going to do. You're going to give them a more favorable puck. 
more a puck off the pass, a puck in speed, like where they're able to get moving, all those things. That's how you improve the possession. To degrade a possession means to take a puck that you got off the pass and you put it into a 50-50. Or you get the puck uh, in space and you put it on the wall. Or you get the puck, you know, in a in a in a in a tough spot. Like you get a puck in a tough spot and you continue to move the puck in tough spots, which is like a chain of bad pucks. Uh, another way you can improve a possession is like if you get a puck on the wall and then you turn that puck into a play off the pass. So you get a puck like a rim and you catch it and you're under a lot of pressure, but then the next you're able to problem solve that and then you make the next play and the next play is to somebody who gets the puck off the pass with the with an ability to move. So those are the kinds of things. And that last example is more what I want to talk about as it relates to Dylan because I think that this is an area um, that I think he could really, really... Uh, take a take a step that would be so meaningful in his overall production, not only for him but also his teammates. Um, the rush that rush chances that lead to a shot and shot creation. I wonder if there's a way to improve based on how he attacks through the defensive zone how he can continue to move that puck because he's very good in the D zone. That's one of the hallmarks of his game. I really like his D zone. We'll get into that. Um, But now taking that D zone possession, transporting the puck through the neutral zone, and then turning that neutral zone play into a shot chance for either himself or someone else. Um, We talked about improving the conditions of the puck. He's on the wall a lot. Uh, in the offensive zone and he's also stopped on the wall a lot and so you know but but then when you watch him in the defensive zone it's a little interesting because in the defensive zone he's on the wall a lot too but he's very good on the wall but then you take him in the offensive zone put him on the back wall and it's not the same so we got to find a way to transfer how good he is on the wall which which is a common problem that's why I love I love this Dubé discussion because he these things these like little disconnects if you can connect them they can make a big difference. So he's on the wall in the defensive zone, he's excellent. Uses seals, body position, very good. And then he makes a good next play that leads to opportunity. Very he he does often improve the conditions of the puck. So very interesting. But then when you take him in the offensive zone, put him on the back wall, he stopped and he tends to not improve the conditions of the puck. So it's very, it's a fascinating thing. Um, the other piece that's very interesting, as we kind of just give you this initial preamble, is the che- his checking. So he's on the forecheck a lot, obviously playing in Calgary. They're an excellent forechecking team. You know, he's laying pucks in or he's going and chasing pucks. Yeah, and so he's in contact situations a lot, and but his contacts don't always or don't often lead to changes of possession. He tends to get there like a little bit late, or when he gets there while the puck is still there, he's in a contact mode and not able to have the duality of being able to have a stick on the puck to stop the puck and then make the contact. Now when he comes out of the contact, knocks the guy off balance, the puck is still there, and now he can make a play at the puck. Though it just doesn't happen enough. And it's a really big area of opportunity and also speaks to his opportunity in the offensive zone on the back wall. 
So th this guy, in my mind, is very interesting. And as good as he was this year and, you know, taking that next step and, you know, he scored 18 goals, which is very hard to do. Uh, and you could argue that he made he made a step. I think that there's multiple steps still to make, which I think is really fascinating. Why I think this guy is great, this great uh, player to discuss. Um, one of the things that he does that I think is very interesting is um, in the D zone when he gets pucks, he very more he very like he. He creates very good body positions for himself, and what he does with the body position is he moves the puck back to the D, and I love that. I think that's a great a sign of a player who kind of gets it in the D zone, and it sets up, has the potential even more so in my mind, to set up multiple possessions for him. So if you could picture he gets the puck on the wall in the D zone, uh, he's under pressure. He creates a good body position. He creates a seal. He pops it back to the D. The D maybe goes to his partner. Duve comes off the wall, sprints through the middle of the ice, and now he's available for another puck on entry. That's the type of thing that I think he could do even a, a lot more. But his ability to create those seals and use the D, I think is a is a very important skill for a lot of a lot of defensemen or sorry a lot of wingers is to use the defensemen uh, on exit situations and not feel like they have to go forward all the time. So he plays on a team that's going forward all the time. They, they do go forward a lot. They're looking to advance the puck, get the puck in the offensive zone, get it behind your D, and go to work. That's the team he plays on. But yet in the D zone, he's so good at going the other way. It's just so interesting to me. Um, and then he has, he has the potential to have a consistent explosiveness from exit to entry. He, this is a low frequency, but high success event for him that he could do more. And I think tying it with some of the stuff he does in the D zone, I think would allow him to get off the rush more because obviously it's a strength. He scored nine goals this year off the rush, even strengths hard to do. And this could do this could serve serve him even more. So when you look at the games that I looked at, I play I watched three games um, and went through. So the first game he played, uh, he played against Seattle, and he had 17 total possessions. He had seven in which he improved, and six in which he degraded. Um, so those are so that's kind of an interesting interesting piece where and then there, obviously there's push plays but these are ones where he clearly improved it or clearly degraded it um he had six off the pass um which is not as high a number as i like um five off the rush with one shot attempt created seven in the offensive zone below the dots and zero shot attempts created from those pucks and he had two multiple puck touches he had nine power play possessions so pretty good game Second games against Vegas, he had 18 uh, possessions. Five of them he improved. 11 of them he degraded. So this is where, as you start to move through, you say, okay, well, this is where there's some great opportunity here. He's either, you know, this one, the first game he's kind of 50-50 uh, in clear opportunities to improve or degrade. The next game he's really well below 50. He's like a third of his pucks he's improving. 
he gets 14 of those off the pass, which is even more interesting. So 14 of 18, he gets off the pass, which is a very good number. That's more, that's in the, in the range of where we want to be. And inter- even more interesting, seven of eight in the D zone were off the pass. Uh, 10 rushes, one shot attempt created. This is what I mean. Like he, he has it, he has the opportunity to create more off the rush. He does create enough, obviously, to generate the goals he scores, but there's more opportunity to generate even more with learning how to use differentials and et cetera. Only two pucks below the dots in the offensive zone in this one, and he had zero shot attempts created off that. One multiple and four on the power play. Third game is against Arizona, 23 possessions, nine improved, seven degraded. So again, these are uh, clear situations where he had an opportunity to improve it or, or, he, or he, uh, he, he degraded the puck, had a good puck that he degraded. Um, and so that's about 50% as well. So there's, this is what I mean about great opportunity. A 12 off the pass, so roughly half. Uh, four of seven D zone touches were off the pass. Seven rushes, three shot attempts created three multiple puck touches, uh, and three power play. So you can see, like, there's opportunity inside that, and that's where I've, I see uh, where his, his game has opportunity to really take a, take a big jump. Now, not surprisingly, his number of rush goals, uh, with the number of rush goals that he scored, he gets a lot of pucks in the D zone in flight, um, which allows him to initiate the rush. So as good as he is on pucks on the wall and uses the D, he also has a, a great ability, especially when he's on the weak side. He has good weak side acceleration. He uses dip excel, where a dip excel is where he purposely goes a little bit more towards his net, skates more towards his net to build more ice to skate into. He excels into that space that he created by using the dip, and then now he puts himself in a spot where he has a differential. He does that very well on the weak side. So it's not surprising in my mind to see those those tactics being utilized in um, in his rush in his rush game. And you could see through the goals he scored uh, this year that there's evidence of that as well. So it's very good. The seal contacts are very good. And his ability to play with the D we talked about, excellent use of the body. And he starts the connection of the D zone to the rush because he makes a positive play. Now, this is not to say he doesn't advance the puck because obviously he does. He's very good at chipping it out and just getting it out or or advancing it. But he also, in my mind, he does it frequently enough that this is obviously a strategy and he's looking for this as an option where he's he's able to move the puck to the D, but then he, he has an opportunity to move off the puck and get into an Excel pattern. And then when now, like, he moves the puck to the D, the D goes maybe to his partner. Now he comes off the D zone wall, and he accelerates now. Now he can maybe take the middle of the ice or grab the dot line, and he can start getting into some good Excel patterns, which would give him more of an opportunity to either off the rush to take guys... Um, and, and position the rush entry into something that could generate uh, a quality shot opportunity, or he could set himself up with great speed through the neutral zone for a puck recovery, which we could get into the next with his, with his contacts. But um, I'm just going to go through a couple clips here of his, of his D zone um, plays. Cause I really like it. I'm going to just describe what happens. So this one starts off. It's a, it's a D zone face off. 
and the puck gets moved, and um, the the def- the defenseman um, for Calgary is going to end up making a really good defensive play. And by making that play, he gets it up to <clears throat> excuse me up to Dylan, who initially bumps it back. And now he's in co- now he's in coverage because it doesn't work out. So he initially moves it back and it doesn't work. And this is what I really liked about it. He, he moves it back, it doesn't work. Then the second one he gets, he does the same thing. He bumps it back, but this time the conditions are a little better. And he moves it back to to the D who gets it. He goes D to D, and then Dylan gets off the wall and starts sprinting through the. He comes off the wall and he goes through the middle of the ice to make himself available. I love that. But it was interesting because he'd done it once, moved it back to the D. It didn't work out. And then the second time he gets it in the same sequence, he does it He does it again, and it works out, and it sets himself up for the next play. So I, lo- I really like that clip. thought it was very good. This is another one here where, again, he'll get the puck. This time the puck is kind of a slow seal, and the D jumps by him initially uh, to try to win the puck. Um, on a pinch, and uh, Dubé jumps, re, like works hard to get back around to get body position, and he creates a seal. He jumps past him on the puck side, gets body position, and then he just bumps it back to the D. Uh, it's a very, very good play, and they they end up beating that defenseman um, with the puck on the next play. So it was really, really good. He definitely improved the quality of the puck. Which is interesting because when you look at how he improves the quality of the puck, most of the ways in which or places where he does it is in the D zone. Those are the places that he does it. Uh, So again, this one here, he gets the puck. Uh, It's like uh, the it's a kind of a one on one in the corner. Uh, The defenseman makes a play at the puck. Um, It kind of knocks back out into the into the, the the slot area. Uh, Calgary gets control of the puck. Dubé gets it on the wall, on a strong side wall. Um, and then now he just moves the puck back to the D. The D gets it, and uh, they go to initiate the breakout. So very good, very good play. So uh, this was another play that I thought was interesting. This doesn't happen as often, but he, he gets the puck on a on a direct pass on an exit, and he moves the puck cross ice which doesn't happen as often. He's, this is very much a northbound team. Like they're going to chip it forward or move it forward or pass it to the stretch guy who's going to knife it in, and then they're going to go in and go get it. Um, so it was interesting to see him uh, every so often use that use that particular play. So very good. So that D-zone stuff is very good. The checking profile is also very interesting because um, when, he, when, he, when he gets there, um, he gets there late a lot. So he, he's most of these are finished checks when he is in his contact profile. So the puck's already gone, and he finishes his check on the forecheck. There's nothing wrong with that. However, for me, I want to see him get there while the puck is still there, and then when the puck, and then the times in which the puck is still there, I'd like to see him get the puck stopped. And so often, what happens is is that. He goes for the contact. The puck is still there. The puck gets move. I uh, continues to move. He doesn't get his stick on the puck because he finishes his check. But his stick is nowhere near the puck. So I would love to see a situation in which he gets a contact where he is simultaneously getting good stick position on the puck to get the puck to stop, make the contact, and then now the puck is there, and now he can make another play. So 
I think that that's a major opportunity for him uh, on the forecheck because there's so much for so many forecheck situations for him that are available. This is a great opportunity to um, to be able to get more pucks, get more possessions. You, you got a guy you just knocked off balance. The puck is stopped. Now you can get it. You have a, a natural seal opportunity, and now he can get movement. And then that would change a lot of his ability to improve the conditions of the puck. So that's one. The other one is to use a wedge contact. So when the puck is there, he would wedge his stick between the skates of the of the checker, the guy's checking, and the puck. So now when he makes a contact, the player can't move the puck to the opposite side. So you know how like a guy will take a check, and then as he's taking the check, he pulls the, pulls the puck um, to the other side of his body, like and in, on like a spin or or like a roll, he'll roll off the check and move the puck first. What a wedge does is it doesn't allow that. You, you can spin if you like, but the puck is wedged on the other side of your body, which leads to a lot more turn, a lot more turnovers, and gives him a chance. On like I said, like a a, a wedge can lead to a, a natural seal as well which gives him an opportunity. So what I'm trying to do is transfer what he does so well in the D zone and bring it into the offensive zone and get more of these plays uh, to turn into pucks and good pucks with natural escape routes that give him a chance to move, which anytime he's going to be in motion, it's going to improve his ability to improve the conditions of the puck. Uh, so that's now we're going to move into the degraded profile. So this is situations in which he he degrades the puck. So most of the time that he degrades the puck are situations where he's on the rush, and where he advances the puck without an organized forecheck. So he advances the puck, but they're not in a position to create a a, a competitive situation at the puck. The other team is going to be able to move it. Now they'll be able to get their contacts in, which is all part of it. But then he's not able to make it that com- that competitive. So one of the things that I would love to see him add to his game is a self chip. I think the way he skates, how fast he is, the differentials he can get coming out of the D zone because of the way in which he uses the dip excel and the accelerations um, off the puck. He's very good at that. I feel like he could get the puck, go into a self chip, and take the forecheck and turn it into a. A, a comp- like the other team doesn't even get it. And then now he's in a real good spot where he has good possession. So the other, so that's one. And then rim to support. He often will use a soft dump, but it's not competitive at the puck. The defenseman on the retrieval is able to get there and with plenty of time to be able to make the next play. And so he's not able to make it competitive for either himself or someone else. So Puck placement or puck recovery plan, a mental puck recovery plan that's got a little bit more of a purpose to what he's doing on dumping the puck in, I think would really help him. And then again, so you, if you, I'm kind of working this backwards, like in, in one sense, where if he's able to use what he does in the D zone, get speed through the neutral zone, and then now the puck gets laid in or he lays the puck in. He's now, now we want to be able to be good on that contact. First, get there while the puck is still there. 
to get your stick to close to make sure the puck is stopped finish your contact and then get your seal and improve the conditions or use a self-chip plan because now you're moving you can self-chip it get in behind the d which he can clearly do and then now again you're getting a puck you got a better chance to do something on a first touch um, and off you go. So to me, like those types of things are going to be good because they'll add some more possessions in the offensive zone that'll give him a chance to do something kind of next with the puck. In the offensive zone, on his puck touches, he's often stopped. So this is kind of the next thing. Like we got to get more ability to get mo- movement. Right now, when he gets the puck on the wall, he is in a, he's going to go into a chain of board battles. Um, and so he kind of, the puck gets moved from one board battle over to the next and it kind of gets stuck. It's like wallpaper. The puck is on, on the wall the whole time. So I would like to, again, transfer this good play he has in the D zone, that wall play and bring it into the offensive zone. And one of the skills I think he would really benefit from is a pre-touch contact to preserve space. So getting staying off the wall looking for contact before he gets the puck but but preserving that space often he'll go right to the wall he invites the check to the wall and now the puck is stopped if he holds that space preserves the space between him and the wall absorbs the contact allows the puck to come now he can just grab the puck and he can use his body and spin and he's very good with his body in other areas of the ice and then um, and, and kind of move from there to kind of, he needs more movement on those touches. His first touches in the offensive zone don't have enough movement to allow him to improve the conditions of the puck. He's just putting himself in some awkward spots to be able to improve it. So of course the puck is then going to get degraded. So the problem with degraded pucks is it tends to kill the possession chain. So it puts him in one-and-done situations. So you picture him in the D zone. He makes a good play. He gets through the neutral zone with a lot of speed. The puck goes in. They get in on the forecheck. They're not able to get there on time. The other team makes a look an out. And next thing you know, they're out in the neutral zone. Now, of course, they're tracking the puck, and they might get the puck back. But that initial forecheck turnover... That puck just wasn't in a in a good spot. It was degraded, and so now it kills the possession chain. So now we got to go get the puck back in order to make the next play. So you're you're now looking at more of a push shift. You're not able to really. It's an even shift. It's it's a push shift. You're not going to necessarily improve what's going on. So those are those are things that I think are important. So when I look at, I'm just going to take a look at a couple clips here of the ozone degraded pucks. So. This one here, like he gets there early, and this is exactly it. So the puck goes in. Um, him and Kachuk are on the way on the forecheck. Kachuk does a great job preserving space. He's more, more familiar. He uses like a, a contact and then one hand to get the puck over the to Dubé. So he gets the puck off the pass, but he's stopped. So now he kind of rims it around, and um, he it doesn't have. Uh, it, it doesn't have enough to get to the D it gets intercepted and then now they go so he takes a puck that they have below the icing line where Kachuk does a great job of preserving space he uses a seal he spins off the guy he the puck because it's behind the goal line they invite now the second defenseman below the icing line so this is a good puck now like they have 2D below the icing line 
and uh, this is a great opportunity. And uh, this, and because Dubé gets the puck, and he doesn't, he doesn't get it with any movement, or he doesn't move with it. He doesn't put the D on his back. He has the D in a seal, a natural seal, because of the play of Kachuk. So now he puts the puck on the wall to try to rim it up to the top, and it gets intercepted, and now it's done. Now he could have got that puck up to the top. I know it's a low high point shot kind of situation that they want to do. I have no issue with that. He could easily put this D on his back. He can extend the possession. He can get to the icing line because there's a lot of teams that still have that like if it like it don't go above the icing line with the puck that's time to move it so you want you don't want to get up towards the half wall carrying the puck you the icing line is is like a it's like a line you that the puck has to go up that's no issue but by holding it and possessing it he'll hold the weak though that strong side defensive winger inside more and then now he can make a decision uh, to get the puck up there uh, at an appropriate time. He could probably use more of a bank pass to get the puck to the D. So now the D that gets it at the blue line has more of an opportunity on his first touch. Now you're doing the same thing, but you're improving the conditions of the puck. And I think those types of things are just fascinating to go through. And so this is a real a real challenge for him. So here's, here's another one. So he gets the puck kind of high in the offensive zone. He's attacking down. Uh, he changes checks, which I love. Um, and so now when he gets the puck, he stops. So now he gets stopped and he gets pushed in. And what he does is as he's getting pushed in, he uses his backhand. He rims the puck to the back wall. Of course, it gets intercepted by the net front D who reads the play and jumps down and, and intercepts the puck. So this is a play for him where he has clear possession of the puck. He's got time and space. He has the puck actually initially where his his um, his his shoulders are facing the most amount of ice, so he can see the whole play. So this is an opportunity where he can get off the wall. He can maybe get into a cutback. He can get a little bit of movement here. Then the cutback is great because now, as he's skating, he can you know he can hold that net front D at the net. So now when he does want to change sides. He can do something, but he doesn't have enough extended possessions and he has no movement because now he's stopped. And then he takes the puck, which was in a position in which his shoulders were facing the most amount of ice, and he turns to the wall. So now his shoulders are facing, like he's facing the glass now. So then he uses his backhand, he can't see, gets pushed in, and off you go. So this is the kinds of things that are occurring that we want to really try to do a better job of, of, of influencing as it relates to him. So... That's that one, um, and then we'll just do one more um, because this is, like I said, this is a huge area of opportunity for him. So uh, let's go to this one here where the puck is. Uh, it goes to the back wall. So this this is a case where he's on the back wall, and the puck gets rimmed from high to low. So the D has it and sends it down. Now, rather than going to get this puck and then getting the puck kind of, it, it's going to be getting him on his backhand. Now, instead of going to get it and trapping the puck and then bringing it off the wall, like I said, to initiate an ability to cut back or extend a low possession, he stops. And as he stops, again, he's facing the glass with his backhand on the boards. And now as the puck comes, of course, it hits the stick uh, at a poor angle, pops out. Now he's chasing. He can't really make the play he wants to make. So, um, so he ends up uh, losing possession of the puck, doesn't even degrade it, 
this is a situation where he actually loses the puck. So again, it's rooted in the same issues. Pre-touch plan of getting off the wall. So in this case, he doesn't have to have a pre-touch contact because he's going to be able to pick up the puck without a contact, which is even better. And then now he can get into it with a little bit of movement. He can draw a check with, like, he can anticipate now the angle in which the check is coming because he's got the puck and the check is not there. After he gets the puck and he gets a little bit of movement, now the check is coming to him. It's going to be a situation where he'll have a better opportunity to be able to really uh, control that whole, take control of the whole situation. Instead, he comes to a stop. Once he comes to a stop, it's so hard, and he doesn't have any time. He doesn't have any space. He's stuck the, against the boards, and it just makes it so much difficult. So those are the that's the context that surrounds degrading the puck. So for me, um, you know, I I think I think if you if you really watched him, uh, this is a real massive opportunity in his game. Um, where and this is why I want to include him because these are common situations in players. A good rush game, offensive zone game is not as good. And why? Why is that? Well, because of these these elements, I think that are that's so important. Um, so th- for him, I think the the success equation is very simple. Leverage is excellent D zone plays to initiate speed off the rush. Improve the conditions for the rush chance by generating some a little bit more diversity using his speed. Get pucks into the middle of the ice. Use um, use the weak like really leverage his weak side uh, dip excels his speed differentials and turn those into whether it be uh, spot to space or whether it be um, self chip type situations um, better. Better puck recovery ideas off the rush, off the rush, turning into offensive zone touches, to make the contact that he's going to make competitive while the puck is still there, and then put himself in situations where now he can get more forecheck takeaways in contact, stop the puck, get the stick position, get inside body contact, use a seal, and get moving. Once he's in moving, now he can improve conditions. He also, I think, could go benefit from preserving space between him and the back wall to get more movement on that first touch and then transfer the seals that he does in the D zone into the offensive zone to make plays for himself and other people. And I think if he could improve the conditions of the puck in the offensive zone much more consistently... He could get more puck touches in sequence, maybe get more multiple puck touches, and then watch out. I mean, with his rush game the way it is now, the way he shoots the puck, uh, if he could get the puck in sequence in the offensive zone, I think that there's another opportunity for him to pop even more. So that's uh, that's Dylan Dubé. That's a great um, great opportunity for us to discuss kind of what I think is really common themes in in player development. And uh, you'll probably see it either in yourself or in the players that you coach. Don't forget to visit us at www.belfryhockey.com. If you like what you hear here and you want to understand more about this type of player development, become a Belfry Hockey member. Our monthly membership gives you access to articles that I write and skill development videos each month, as well as a monthly Zoom call which starts off with a review of the month's content and then quickly goes into a spirited question and answer 
uh, session that delves into all kinds of different types of player development topics. So for just $20 a month, I think that you'll find great value in relevant player development topics. You can also register for our 2023 Belfry Hockey Workshop, which will be held in the Stero, Florida at the Hertz Arena on June 26th to 28th in 2023. Our first workshop uh, was here this past this past year in April, and it was a it was a phenomenal success. The rink is our classroom, as we spend two days at the rink uh, with me mic'd up for presentations, and then also mic'd up for the on ice demonstrations on player development. In 2023, we'll also be doing an analysis of one of our prospects and take him on the ice to execute the elements of his development plan. So you don't want to miss that. Um, take a look at the videos on the workshop page and register now. If you register now, you can cancel anytime before 30 days before the event with a full refund. We'd love to see you join us in Florida this year.